Welcome back to Don't Call a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Daniel. The end of a book today. We have finished Red Rising. Totally done with it. I I will say, and you're probably going to say the same thing, I finished this book a while ago. Luke, I, I just told you off air, uh, but I'm going to say it again for the listeners. I I read everything but the last two chapters the night after we finished recording the last or the, the previous episode. And not because I didn't want to keep reading. I desperately wanted to keep reading, but I wanted to just savor it a little bit longer. So I read the last two chapters today. Oh, you waited that long? I waited until today. Wow. Yeah, because I knew knew it would get me hyped. And Luke, I'm I'm ready to just jump right into this book. So we finished it. Let's do it. All right. First things first. First things first. Did we get a little Ender's Game reference? Oh, yes. This is okay. This is my second note. No, yes. I think we did. So go ahead. I had to look this up. Uh, He, Darrow, is like being compared to famous generals who he's like not, right? And they're comparing him to like. I don't remember. I don't even remember the real people that they compared him to. Well, okay. So to be, I think, I think he's actually thinking of Jackal. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So Jackal is being compared to these generals. And I think it's like Napoleon, um, Alexander the Great. Yes. And yes. then, and then he just says Wigan. Uh-huh. And that's for sure Ender Wigan. And the reason I know that it's not a real person is because I I looked it up right before we started recording. Because I was like, maybe this is a famous person that I just don't know. That I should know. Nope. There's definitely a little Ender's Game reference yeah, thrown yeah. in there. This was, this was my note too. Because I was when I was reading it, I was like, I don't think that there's a, a Wigan that I know of other than Ender's Game. But no, no. we and loved I, it. Very subtle. You know, I, I think we're going to assume this is Ender Wigan that he's talking about. That these two universes oh, yeah. are for sure connected. No question. Um, This is the proof right here. So I think it's great. I think it's also great uh, to have that tie in, you know, because we were already feeling a little bit of the flavor of Ender's Game in this book. I think I mentioned it in the last episode that it's like a it's like this amalgamation of a bunch of different books. And I think I mentioned Ender's Game specifically. So it's cool to have that like oh, little Ender Wigan thrown in there. Thank you, Darrow. Thank you, Darrow. That was great. Um, yeah, yeah. I saw that too and got pretty hyped. Okay. Do we, I... think, do we think Ender is the is Ares? Is Ender Ares? <laughs> okay. It's it's. Ooh, that would be very okay. First of all, that would be very cool. But we have you. Had, did you read more of the Ender's Game series? No. I definitely didn't. Oh wait, oh, okay. well I, I read uh, the one focused on Bean because you told me okay, to. Okay, yes. Uh, but I but haven't read anything. Else. There's ones that follow Ender that's after Ender's Game, where it's like Speaker for the Dead and Xenocide. I think are the two. Yeah. But very good books. But I don't. I don't think that Ender is in is is in this book. <laughs> okay. Let's talk. Well, let's let's first just say. Our prediction, I think it was, I think it was your prediction, but I was on board with it of who was going to save Darrow first. 
Totally wrong. Totally wrong. Mustang saves Darrow, which I'm going to say was very unpredictable. I honestly forgot all about Mustang. I would have to go back and reread because she mentions that he saw her and let her go. I don't yes. really remember reading that. I do. Be... I do. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Because she rode off and then he rode like with a group of people off to go find her. And I think she was just like hiding in the bushes and they made eye contact and he just like had everybody leave. Okay. Um, so yeah, I I do remember that scene, but immediately afterwards I was just like, oh, okay, well, she's just going to be off doing her own thing then. Right. That's fine. Okay. Okay. So there was a way to get it. Okay. And then a little bit after that, they get they get super close and then Mustang gets sick. I was... I was so sure that she was about to die because yeah. that was just the way that the book was going at that point, you know? Right. And then, I mean, so you could argue that our predictions were kind of right because Filcher, I think is the name or Flitcher. Fitchner. Fitchner. <laughs> Wrong on both counts. Uh, Fitchner does kind of save the day here. Yeah. Does which... he save? He doesn't save Darrow, though. I mean, Darrow probably wouldn't have made it too far without Mustang helping out. Actually, there is no way Darrow could have succeeded without Mustang because Darrow didn't have any way of enslaving anyone. Oh, that's true. So he needed Mustang to do anything. Right. Um, okay. But I love I love this scene with uh, Fitchner where... <laughs> Darrow finally says what we were saying last episode where he's like you're a shitty proctor man right that was very I don't know good moment for me it was a brilliant moment and we do get I, I think we get a very good explanation for why why they're getting hamstrung over in Mars oh, yeah. you know because the game is rigged which like Darrow do you not remember the laurel? It's all fucking rigged, my guy. Come on, Darrow. You don't win this stuff, okay? They got him. They got him twice on it. They got, they got him, him twice. They got him twice, and he fell for the same fell for the same trick twice. Okay, and then, okay, I I want to say when when Mustang is going to die, I knew she was going to die. I felt it in my bones, and then. Just like, thank God she didn't die because that was that was a we were going we were going downhill at that point of the story, you know. Oh yeah, that was the probably the low point of this entire book so far, was Darrow and Mustang living in a cave for what seemed like weeks. Yeah, I think it was like a month or something. Also, I have a question about just how your body, like how the human body works, so. Darrow got stabbed in his stomach, and it sounds to me like there was some intestinal slicing that happened. Does that get better if you just don't touch it for a long time? I I always assumed you have to get some surgery or something to put those back together in the right way. I would assume so too, but we don't we don't know what kind of medicine. I think they say medicine, but I don't know what that means in this context, right? Okay. Like maybe they have some magic intestine regrowing serum 
that they're using. Okay, that who's using because nobody's giving Mustang shit. No, she's found some she found some medicine and gave it to him. That's how she saved him. Okay. I think. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So you're saying maybe there's some like nanobots or something that would regrow his intestines and that's what she found. Yeah, it's like a little pill with some with some very high-tech nanoparticles going around doing doing their thing. Okay. I think I think that's right around the corner, by the way. <laughs> Hold on, Luke. What? <laughs> no, I don't know. Um <laughs> But I I I kind of know what you mean because I was expecting it to be a he knew he would need to go get whatever the medbots do because I'm assuming the medbots can fix this kind of thing but he doesn't get a medbot right right which now that we know there's medbots are these things that expensive mm. it seems like there's a, okay here's my point number one it seems like there's a lot of medbots yes okay and they use them selectively it's not like they have a limited number and that's why they don't heal everybody it's because they like make choices and can't get them down there quick enough uh kind of i mean i think they're okay yes that's true i think they have a lot of them yes so why don't we all just have medbot pets that just follow us around everywhere are you, are you do you mean in the game or in the game in, in, in real life. life you have okay. them in around the reds because you need a stable workforce that isn't constantly dying all the time yeah like these are incredible everybody doesn't have their own med bot yeah and you could like trick it out there'd be a like pimp my med bot show mm-hmm. where it's like mm-hmm. for sure we put a TV on the back and check out the front. It's got another TV. That would be so great to have your own personal med bot. Right. You know? Right. You could do you, anything. You can do anything. Luke. Be like, I'm going to hike the Grand Canyon today. And they're like, hey man, it's 110 degrees. You better bring some water. Screw that. I don't want to carry water. I got my med, my med bot to revive me when I collapse halfway down there. Right, right. Better to better to not take like a a donkey with a bunch of water on it and just like get heat stroke every 20 minutes to be revived by your by your med bot. Yeah. It's a good way to do it, I think. That's my top use for a med bot. I think that's how the gold's <laughs> intended. But I, I would have to think that most at least most gold families have their own med bot. I don't know if every gold has their own med med bot. Just because I don't think that that would be like you don't actually need that that often, especially golds, considering how they how rarely they actually get injured. Yeah. Okay. I do think that's true. But like I was saying with the venom stinger, it only takes one time for you to not have mm-hmm. a med bot and need it for you to be like, dude, I should have had a med bot. Mm-hmm. I felt like. I fell like 50 feet and broke my legs and there's nobody else around. And I'm going to just bleed to death here on this, on this ship. I fell in the bathroom and broke my hip and the door's locked and the door's locked and nobody's going to come check on me and I'm going to die. I wish I had my med bot. Very possible. 
very possible for golds. They have high toilets. <laughs> They've got to. So, okay, so we talked about this this very low moment. Turns around when she gets healed. And then it also turns, like, does a does a full turnaround. And we I finally got excited at this moment. They take over, uh, I forget which place they take over. But Is it a series? Because they need I think, the bread? I think so. I think so. Yeah. But Darrow finally gets a little gets a little cocky here and he he does some speech that he's like talking about how they will tell their children that darrow of mars paid them a compliment i got hyped here okay because we've been we we've been seeing just like every time something starts to go even slightly right it goes wrong and darrow never really gets ahead and then finally we get this moment where he like crushes it and he gets he gets he gives a little cocky speech. I mean, I don't think he gives it out loud, but in his head. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt good. It felt really good. Yeah, it felt incredible. Basically the momentum for Darrow was building this entire last half of the book. This so from part five on, the the first the rest of the book, Darrow's like on his back foot the entire time. Part five onward, I don't know what it is about getting stabbed in your gut and having your entrails kind of spill out a little bit it does a lot for your for your luck i think because Mm -hmm. or maybe darrow just had time to kind of sit and and think about what he's doing he got he got a little paradigm shift Mm -hmm. he got a little paradigm shift and then from part five onward darrow's in control and we're just snowballing to his inevitable huge victory over everyone which we loved and it this this is gonna sound callous but it honestly made the deaths of his friends like not as bad. So like for like definitely felt bad about Pax dying, right? Pax is great. Mm-hmm. We loved Pax. We were so sad when Pax died. But not that sad when Pax died. Like it yes. was a bummer, definitely. Was it as big of a bummer as like when we thought Roke was dead? I'm, I'm going to say no. It doesn't get to Roke level. Mm-mm. I will say this. Pax, we didn't spend very much time with Pax. And that might be, like, we, I, in terms of page counts, I'm not sure. But me personally, I spent like an hour with Pax. Because I was burning through the pages. Right. So it was like, Pax is now a good guy. However many pages later, an hour and a half pax is dead so we liked pax but i didn't form that bond Mm -hmm. now if someone is is not doesn't have as much time to read as i did and is like reading 10 pages before bedtime every day Mm -hmm. and is there with pax for like a week i don't know maybe that hits them differently yeah that's a big hit that's a big hit because pax was i mean he turned out to be we just a really good guy i think right i mean he was very violent but not in, <laughs> incredibly not in the violent. same way as titus or someone like that no 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 no. i think those are two like opposites in a way like both super super strong super physical but titus is like angry and vengeful and pax is like getting the job done so yeah, we we were bummed about Pax, but but now that things were rolling, now that like 
the train was moving and Darrow like as a whole was doing good. It, I don't know. It, it just didn't hit me that hard. It was just kind of like, yeah, all right. Yeah. I think that's definitely true. Yeah. I think that's fair. I will say something I was con- very concerned about was Severo when we find out he's like pretty badly hurt and you know, he's only got one eye, his legs all fucked up. And I was just kind of like, Severo gonna make it because we really need Severo to make it through. I, this. for some reason, I never thought that Severo was in any danger just because, like, Severo to me is invincible. Yeah, I guess he went through like some pretty serious fire to get here, killing the top student. So, I guess there's that. <clears throat> but when I don't know, I, I was like, very worried about Severo to the point where I started to do I started to do just a little bit of math, Luke. <laughs> and here's what I mean. Severo said he had to like jump off a mountain in order to get away from the jackal. And that's how he fucked up his leg. Mars has a third of the gravity as Earth. Alright, Luke. How tall is this mountain gotta be? He jumped off for it to like irreparably fuck up his leg. Also, this is a gold who has super strong muscles and bones. Yeah. So I I think they say they give kind of a scale at some point where a scale is in like how strong gold's bones are. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what it is. I think it's in there. Let's say a gold's bone is 10 times stronger than my bone. Okay. I would say I would I would like break my leg pretty bad falling off. Well, also it depends on the angle that he lands, you know? Yeah. Like if I land poorly off of a 10-foot fall, I could break my leg pretty bad that way. Okay. Okay, I'll grant you that. But but is Severo landing poorly? Ooh, Severo is definitely landing perfectly he's landing brilliant beautifully uh he didn't even get his wolf skin dirty okay this cliff is huge right it's huge yeah yeah we're talking are we i think we're talking more than 100 feet that he falls yes i would say so because he also is falling into snow probably Mm -hmm. falling into snow are we Gravity saying, is much less. Are we saying more than 200 feet, Luke? Let's go for it. Ooh, more than 200 feet. Do you think he gets a howl off in midair? Oh, of course. At least one. Definitely one howl. Maybe one at the top and one at the bottom. Well, Luke, here's the other thing. The atmosphere has got to be about the same, right? Right. So the wind resistance is the same as on Earth. The force from the wind is the same as on Earth. But the okay. force of gravity is only a third. Okay. So the fastest you're going to get going on Mars, if like, okay, let's say the fastest on Earth is like 150 miles an hour is the fastest you're going to get going while you're falling before they balance out. On Mars, it's going to be like 70 miles an hour. Definitely still kill you. But it's like, come on. It's not <laughs> that bad. Not that bad. Not that bad at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, there we go. Listeners, if you've got some better math than us, send it our way. 
How many howls? Listeners, if, if you want to make a guess of how many howls Severo got off on the way down, tweet at us. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring us back a little bit. The, so right, right after this moment that I just mentioned when they take over Ceres or Ceres or however it's pronounced, I was kind of saying that things are coming up. But one thing that is very noticeable in this book is that every time something like really good happens, and I kind of mentioned this a minute ago, every time something really good happens, it just you can just feel that something bad is about to happen, right? Did you get that sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we've got we've got this takeover. Uh, Darrow is feeling really cocky, and then boom, he's woken up because uh, what's his name? That one like weirdly evil guy. Oh yeah, his name was Tactus. Yep, has tried to sexually assault one of the slaves. Mm. It's like, god damn it! It's like, can you guys chill and for then, five minutes? Can we chill seriously. for five minutes? And then, but this is where the turn happens, or has happened, because in the past, first half of this book, Darrow's not handling this as well. Second half of the book handles it perfectly. And um, so what he does, or he's going to, he's going to punish Tactus and he's going to give him lashes. And then here's the part that I thought was weird. The people in Tactus's house were like outraged. What are you doing? What? Who, who are you? Because first of all, you, you have only been in this guy's, on this guy's like team for, I don't know, two months now. Right. You know that this is a game. And he just tried to like rape somebody. Why are you getting mad that he's getting punished? Because Luke, at the top, there's your color. And below that is your family. And below that is your house. So you're damn right he's part of my house. He didn't do a thing wrong. (laughs) Yeah, Luke, I don't know. I think they've just... They've just been hazed a little too long to where they start to buy into the the process, you know. They sure, come up with they sure. come up with a few racist chants, maybe kill a few a few pledges early on, and then they're in it together. And uh, you know, there's no getting out. If one of them goes down, they all go down. Yeah, I or they're just all insane, or just most of the people in this in this color are psychopaths yeah which i think there's a i guess it just it speaks to what this the like institute is creating in their mindset i guess because if this is like a group project in college and somebody in your group did something horrible you're not gonna get mad when he gets punished you're gonna be like holy shit give me another person in my group i want to switch out you're going <laughs> to if you are preparing, let's say you have a debate coming up with another it's like three of you against three other people in the class and you've got a debate that you're preparing for and the one guy who never shows up on time to any of your project meetings shows up like 20 minutes late to your last one right before the debate and he's covered in blood. And you're like, "Hey man, did you prepare your opening argument? And he's like, I don't think I'm going to need one. And he gives everybody a wink. I'm going to be like, no. No. Bye. Bye. What are you fucking talking about? (laughs) 
This is a very this is a very revealing example because it would have been a much better example to choose if you were on a sports team. <laughs> a much more applicable thing would have been to say if someone on your basketball team did something crazy, but we went debate team. Well, Luke, uh I yeah, I guess this is more that is more revealing. I wasn't a big basketball okay, yeah. guy. I didn't play a lot of basketball growing up. We're, we're all we're all shocked. Okay. Let's let's talk more about Severo. Mm, I'd love to. The MVP. The MVP. Everyone's saying it. He again comes up clutch here where he I guess he dug these pits that saves that saves Darrow from the big bear and then traps Darrow. I think so. I can't tell if I couldn't tell if it was traps that Darrow had his camp build. And then there were separate traps that Severo built um, because Darrow seemed to kind of know that the trap was there. Like he felt it and was like, oh, yeah, this is a trap. Nice. And so that to me, that made me think it was his party that was building those traps. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't I don't know. It could be either way. I can't I can't quite remember when I read it, if when he was dangling, if I knew Severo was coming or if. I was worried that something. I think I thought that something else bad was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I thought it was a. But now I thought it was a it, proctor. I thought it was a proctor that was going to yeah, yeah. get him. Yeah, <clears throat> but after that, it was realized that it was a total Severo move. And then when he joins them, he's the the, the part that I think is funny is that so Severo still has his squad, the Howlers. Yeah. And then he joins up, and Darrow is like sending his people on a mission. But he can't send the Howlers because they refuse to leave his side. <laughs> because they're like, yeah, the last time it was our fault. We're staying with you. It's adorable. It is adorable. It's kind of like a dog, you know? The Howlers are kind of like a dog that you like went on vacation. You're gone for like a week. And then you come home and they're so excited to see you. And then from then on, anytime you try and leave the house... Dog's like, uh, where you where you think you're going, buddy? You know I'm going with you, right? And your dog is like trying to run out and jump in your car, and you're like, I can't, not today. I'll be right back. It's like, mm, no, that's not gonna fly. It's just like that. It's just like a dog. Just like that. We love we love the howlers. Howlers are, yeah, probably the best squad in this whole map. It's it's funny later when Darrow, I think, is also coming up with another plan for something. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I shouldn't send my howlers because they already have enough glory. <laughs> and it's like all of their glory comes from crawling through sewers and being sewed up into dead horses. <laughs> <laughs> and they wouldn't have it any other way, Dan. No, they certainly wouldn't. And I wouldn't either. Can Okay. Here's the thing about the Howlers, though. Let's think big picture. These kids are auditioning to be a part of high society. And Severo's dad, who we, we learn is it's Fitchner, is watching his son crawl through shit to like, sure, he's like taking over a castle, but that's what blacks are for. That's what the like obsidians are for. Golds aren't doing that. 
What is he auditioning for? Hey, I'm Severo. Please hire me. I once kept really quiet inside a dead horse for six hours, and I have crawled through a latrine once or twice. Um, I also murdered a wolf with my bare hands and wore its fur for nine months. Um, and I hate all the golds. I just hate them so much. And I talk about it a lot. And uh, you all can hear me talk about it. And this thing, everything here sucks. So please hire me. Right. It's okay. It's interesting to think about how this, this whole thing leads to internships, <laughs> right? Basically. I think yeah. they even call them internships. Yes, they're called internships, which I love. And I understand what all of the the premise for each house. I know I understand how they're gonna put this on their resume. Mm-hmm. But that's only like ten people. Everyone else is putting together a resume. What are they putting on there? Like, how are they transferring these these things that they've done to skills that I assume are like desk jobs? Uh huh. Yeah. I, it's all gotta be like I'm really freaking good at following orders. I will do. I will do some crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, but in that case, then you're just, if you're a slave, you'd be like, hey, when I was a slave, let me tell you what. I did so good. I got, I got slave of the month every month. Right. I don't know. I don't know what the, the scouts is what I'll call them mm-hmm. are 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 basing their decisions off of. <sighs> yeah, where they're I like, okay, know. I've got this open position. This guy, I need someone to be a data processor. And you pull up Pax's resume, and he's like, murdered twelve people, held a huge branch up against a wall, so my colleagues, uh, ooh, uh, adaptive thinking, a ooh, team okay. player. Team player. Um, ooh, what else goes... now? Okay, now I just want to make Pax's... Well, okay, let's make some resumes for people. Okay, Severo. Severo we're going to start with Severo. Severo puts... Um, Severo, very independent thinker and can act independently. Act independently. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, ooh, I feel like most of it comes back to something along the lines of independent thinker or or thinks outside the box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Those are those are some good qualities. Finds creative solutions creative to things. Creative solutions. Mm-hmm. Not not uh unwilling to get his hands dirty. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right, Severo. I I, I might give you a shot. Um okay. We gotta have Titus's resume. Ooh, what's Titus putting on the resume? Well, so Titus is only applying to us to some certain jobs. That's true. Uh, willing to put the good of the company over the good of other people. <laughs> I'm trying to. Yeah, I gotta. We can, that's not gonna work. <laughs> that's not gonna no. work, Titus. No. Oh, Titus willing, doesn't have a great resume. If willing, I'm willing to sacrifice for the greater good. No, that's not it either. I don't think that's it either. Yeah. I think you want Titus you want Titus in a in a like supervisory position mm-hmm. where you want just an asshole of a supervisor. 
Titus is the one supervising the Reds. Ooh, yeah, that's definitely his role. Titus, oh man, can you imagine if Titus had lived and they assigned him to be the gold that was just supervising a colony of Reds? Because that's what he signed up for when he started just being ruthless with, with everyone. Right. Oh, Titus. Yeah, Titus doesn't have a good resume. Titus, yeah, Titus's resume isn't great. Um, let's do okay. Let, okay, let's do Jackal. Yeah, I was I was thinking we do Jackal next. <laughs> Jackal. Um, I mean, what goes with just like an act, act like a complete psychopath? What are um, what are some good? Ooh, like effective manager. He's like, uh, ooh, uses people's talents effectively. Ooh, that's a good one. You know, some people are, some people are food. <laughs> gotta, gotta be honest about it. Uh, plays to his strengths. Ooh, definitely true. Plays to his strengths. Takes advantage of every opportunity. Mm-hmm. Kind of, in kind of in the same way he like, he he's he's ready to he's willing to improvise. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. Also willing if, to if improvise. A, if an opportunity shows up, he's going at it. Mm-hmm. With a with a vengeance, with a get this guy a hacksaw because he's gonna he's gonna go at it. Also willing to sacrifice a lot. Sacrifice um, for the company. specifically a hand. <laughs> right, right. I uh, do you think there was a moment where he cut it off and he was like, "Hey, are you guys gonna eat that or <laughs> or can I grab that for, to go?" Once you get a taste, once you get a taste, Dan, you. You can't go back. Can you imagine hiring that guy as your intern? Oh, everyone saw him eating people. Yeah, they did. Ooh. Unless, ooh, actually, unless they, unless the proctors doctored the videotape. But imagine the cut. Imagine the cut in the video where it's like, all right, the jackal's underground with 45 people from Pluto. Oh, there's a weird, like, Let's. I guess we're cutting away to Mars, and we cut back, and oh, hold on, where'd where'd five of those people go? <laughs> and what is that I smell over the fire? They've been in there in that cave for like a week, and look surprisingly well fed. Nothing has come in or out of the cave, and yet Jackal is looking very plump. Right. Okay. So here's my question, and I think they might address it. How many people are actually seeing this video? Is it just the higher ups? It's the drafters. So the do you remember when they when everybody got drafted at the beginning and there was like a group of yeah, the higher ups in the house? It's okay. all of those people. So if so if Jackal's getting hired into this company, his coworkers are not seeing him eating people. Just the just his bosses. I mean, words got to get around, right? I would think so. Because if I'm if I'm in Mars and I see somebody in Pluto eating other people i'm gonna be like hey did you hear what the guy in pluto did yeah he goes he went by jackal dude ate like three people <laughs> and only the feet isn't that weird like i would have thought How many, yeah there's got to be great rumors like that coming out after this i would have thought you go thigh like that's what i did but he went feet <laughs> every time it was weird it's super weird yeah the other the thing you have to think about this is that they're they're coming out of this school into normal society. Yeah. 
It's not normal, Luke. Come on. First okay, off, okay. it's not normal. No, okay, not normal for our standards, but like for... Yeah, okay, okay. Hang on. Because everyone else in his workplace also did some crazy shit. They did some whack shit. Yeah. They started off their institute experience by murdering somebody with their bare hands. Every single one of them. So they've done some whack shit. But there's definitely a level of whack shit that we go beyond when you start eating people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's beyond. That's some whack shit. Also, I don't know. I, I still don't know why anybody was worried about the body mutilation that they were undergoing during this thing. Because look at all the peerless scarred. They look magnificent. And they all did this shit. Okay? So... They're for sure putting, they're for sure attaching hands back on. They're fixing your frostbitten fingers, Darrow, which, by the way, you probably should have made a bigger deal about because you are constantly talking about how cool your hands are. So, (laughs) but like nobody in this school should be worried about getting anything cut off because none of the peerless scarred have any of these issues. Right. Yeah. Unless, unless like every other time they've done this it doesn't get this far right right that's the thing we don't know we don't know how this year compares Ooh, can you imagine <laughs> can you imagine luke if every other year they're giving him like nerf blasters and foam swords and pool noodles and everybody just kind of figures out who the strongest is and says okay there's no way i could beat you just like enslave me and let's get this over with and this year they start just murdering each other. Titus tramples somebody with a horse and they're like, whoa, what was that? <laughs> right. So it goes, okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's, let's stay with the like workplace analogy. Okay. Yeah. Where if you're jackal, you're jackal, you're, you're walking in and you've got, you've got two outcomes depending on where your year was. You walk in and you're like, wanting to get get some credit some street cred here and you're like yeah dude day seven started eating my buddy in there got intense and either they're like yeah man that's fucking normal we all did that shit or you say that and everyone is like what get out of here those are those are i mean i don't know which one is happening but one of them is you're telling me on the company retreat where they introduce all the new members where we went out for paintball you ate people like i get you're competitive but dude it's just paintball like this is a school you've been to school right you know what school is yeah uh so yeah either way it's a bad look right you're not you're either not getting any cred for it and you just ate people yeah. Or you're getting you're getting the side eye from literally everybody. Or or if he's if he tells people that he cut his own hand off and they're like, "Dude, that was a game. You didn't have to do that." The, how serious do you think this is? This is not this is not a big deal, dude. Like we saw you did pretty good. Everyone comes in at an entry level anyway. Like you're going to build up. <laughs> yeah, your package is like basically the same no matter where you start. So I don't know why you cut your own hand off. It's going to make programming very difficult. Right, right. Okay. 
<laughs> let's let's move on a little bit and let's talk about this scene where I think it's uh Apollo is the proctor that's messing with everything up, right? Mostly, yeah. He he comes in and talks to Darrow's whole squad. And this is the one where Severo and the weird guys sneak off and end up taking Ap- Apollo's castle. Mm-hmm. This was a very good moment, a, a very good scene to read and then reread. Did you do this? Yeah. Because it doesn't, it isn't explained what's happening, obviously. You know, because Darrow knows this is a trap that Darrow has basically set, mm-hmm. but he doesn't explain to the reader reader before it happens. No, but it's 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 in there. If you go back and reread it, right. it's fantastic. Yeah, it's beautiful. It sends a little done. signal to Severo. He says something in his mind that doesn't make sense on your first read through. <sighs> I was into it. I know. I know. It's Severo's like, yeah, I got to go take a piss. And you're like, and, yeah, the and first Dar- read through. I think Darrow says like, he's got to go find Tactus on his own. Yeah. And the first read through, it's like, what the fuck do you even mean by that? But then the second read through, you get it. It's, a, there's a lot of that kind of stuff that happens near the end that I mm-hmm. love. Like when he is getting ready to take Olympus. And so first, when they fake drunk in front of Jackal, a lot of the shit he says in his brain doesn't make sense. Uh, when they're not actually drunk. And so, you know, the stuff he's saying is like, bring in the wine. And I had forgotten that they only found grape juice and not wine at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, why is he saying this stuff in it? Like, why is he thinking this stuff when everybody's just like drunk? Like, what's what's happening? Something's happening here. Uh, and then, you know, there's the reveal that it was all a big, like, joke. Or like, a, they were just playing drunk. And then... When you find out that that is a part of an even bigger plan, not to catch the jackal, but to like catch Apollo is insane. Like when Pax dies and he's like, that's okay. I can still get my plan figured. Like I can still get the plan done. And I was like, wait, there's more to this plan. It just gets wild, man. Cause you know, he had the whole thing planned out everything to the like very end at the point when he is like, realize jackal is in the castle that's insane i think he probably had it planned out earlier than that even oh no i think it's said that he had it planned out actually okay before they even get to the castle when he's, he, he gives this he gives this little hint where he's like talking loudly about where they're going and he's like i forget what exactly he says but he implies that he's doing it on purpose so that the proctors hear him yeah yeah he's got he's got this plan from when he locks up Fitchner, because he locks up Fitchner, steals his grav boots, hides them underneath this, like, these boots that he's wearing. So from that point, he's, like, starting to enact this plan. This is fucking bananas, Darrow. We loved it. We loved it all the way through. Right. Darrow's resume is looking pretty good. Darrow's resume is looking very good. And I want to come back to who he ends up signing with. I want to come back to that. But before we get there, why is there a delay in this in this like video feed? 
Oh, okay, okay. I see what you mean. Like, I mean, I assume that they just put it in there so that they could edit stuff. Yeah. Why is that? Why do we allow that? Like, I can watch, if I'm going to watch the Super Bowl or like the NBA Finals, and I find out there's a half day delay, like, I'm I'm like 80% sure at that point that they rigged the game and mm-hmm. and just tell you who the winner was. So right. like why why are we allowing have we not figured out the technology to to stream something live? Like okay. if I'm a drafter, okay. I'm also going to be like, "Uh, excuse me, a half a day delay? Are you joking me right now?" I pay Here's, 99.99 right. a month for this subscription service. <laughs> And you're giving me half a day to wait. Well, all of my friends know what's happening. Day of? Right. Okay, okay. So there's, there's the, the, on top of that, it's not like this video is being sent out to the general public. I mean, maybe later it is. Mm-hmm. But it's really only being sent to the like drafters and the high up people in each house, which you would think they'd be like, yeah, don't edit it. I want to see the raw footage because like that's like I'm making decisions based on this. So, but but, what you have to keep in mind here is that there's like 50 people in each house. All of them have, have feeds. And I know that you can get like little picture in picture. You can have, several several things up you can even have nfl red zone where you've got like it cuts to the good parts of each one but someone's got to do that editing that's true that's true luke but like i'm not going to trust the managers of the teams to do that editing if i'm the ref i'm not going to trust the team managers with that editing i'm going to say okay we just need another ref to edit it down to the important bits for me to look at. Like I'm the one who makes the decision. I get like a secretary and he edits it to where I only get the highlights. Yeah, so you so you're saying everyone gets the raw footage, but they can hire their own editor. Exactly. Okay, yeah. That's like obviously that's the way to do it. Give me the data. Give me the raw data. Okay? It's and is it not backed up? There's gotta be. Okay. This is day one shit, guys. Back up your servers. Unless it's like super top secret, but who are they hiding it from? Oh, wait. Oh. Who are they hiding it from? Hold on, Luke. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Severo's dad. Yeah. Or Fitchner being Severo's dad. <clears throat> that was that was pretty neat. I'm sh- I'm sure like if I read it a second time, there'd be tons of cool hints. I didn't catch them the first time. One thing that I th- find very interesting is that Severo's dad, who, when he talks to Darrow, it shows that he like really wants, he cares for Severo and wants him to be safe, right? Because mm-hmm. he tells Darrow to take care of his son. Yeah. But Severo's dad drafted him into Mars. Uh-huh. Mars being the house that like has, is super angry and just like flames out really quick and always has a terrible time. Drafts him into Mars. I think that's interesting. I mean, I kind of get it because he's protective of him, right? 
Mm -hmm. So if he's in Mars, at least he can keep an eye on him, you know? Mm -hmm. So at least he can, maybe he can't like super obviously help him out, but maybe that first day when Severo was going out to kill a wolf, he finds a knife hidden under a rock or something. And it's like, that's just a hidden storage cache. I don't, I don't know how that got there, but Severo did find it. So <laughs> I say he can use it to kill and skin that wolf. Uh, also, we may have been practicing killing and skinning wolves for like 10 years before I signed him up for the Institute. And maybe that's why he's such a crazy person is because his dad <laughs> was just training him to not die in this Institute for like his whole life. But I get from that perspective I get it cuz he's protective of um his son. But also there was a chance he got drafted into Pluto. And if Fitchner's like, "Yeah, I think the odds that that jackal kid starts eating people are pretty high." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to take that risk. Come on, Severy, you're coming with me. Yeah, I also think he, so he probably sets up in the, in the passage, I think is what it's called. He probably sets up the matchups, right? I I think him, he and the drafters probably set up the matchups. So he's setting a Severo up with Priam. Uh-huh. Pretty good read. That's gotta be So, rough. okay, I, I can't quite tell if Severo is, with the, with the passage, is like, got lucky with Priam because he was a low draft mm -hmm. and he's small mm -hmm. and probably isn't I would guess isn't great at one-on-one -on -one fights like that mm -mm. but also maybe he is I, I don't I this this is what I can't tell I can't tell if Priam was actually not that good at fighting or if Severo is just like top tier and and not obvious about it okay so I think it's the rage that got him through. I think it's the same reason why Darrow gets through is because Darrow is way worse at fighting than his opponent, but Darrow just kind of wants to kill these people. And so he's more able to just turn it on and do it than these people who are just like have trained in sparring for their whole lives. And I think Severo's the same way. I think he kind of wants to kill everyone. And so it's just that rage that he can use where he's, if you watch his battle, it's not pretty, but the other guy's dead and he's not. So that's a win. That's a W. Um, the other thing that I can't, I don't know how it doesn't get out. If I'm Priam's parents, I'm not going to give him a heads up that there's a, that the first thing you do is kill somebody. So he's like, okay. So it's not a trick or a game or anything. I should just like be ready for this. Because like that's a huge advantage. That's what I was thinking. I'm surprised that more people don't tell their kids what to expect. Yeah. And maybe... Because I think they were even surprised by the entirety of it. You know? Like, I'm assuming you, because I was expecting like a school. Yeah, what the Institute turned out to be was dramatically different from what I thought it was going to be. And I think that that's the case for probably a lot of other people, too. Mm -hmm. in, in, as in, in the in the book. I think they yeah. were also surprised by it. Yeah. So I'm surprised by how little cheating there is. 
Right. Right. Given that... Like, this should be an open secret, right? Given that there's a ton of cheating once you get into the game. Given that you can just buy off the proctors and they'll do whatever you want. And you won't... You, and you won't... don't really face that many repercussions even when everyone figures it out. Now, this is where we're going to come back to Darrow's choice of employer. Okay. So the Arch Governor of Mars, who is the one who's been trying to orchestrate this coup where he has his son win, everybody's pissed at him because he cheated. And it everybody knows, oh wait, no, they don't know he cheated. I couldn't quite get I couldn't quite understand why they didn't know. I think they didn't know because I think Darrow edited the footage. So that so everyone sees that Darrow and his squad went up and took Mount Olympus. Yeah. But they're just like, oh yeah, that was a smart move that like nobody had ever tried before. It's not that they 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 don't know that the proctors were cheating and that's why he did it. They think that he did it because because there's a lot of resources up there and and yeah yeah yeah. I think that's what he did. But okay, given that, given that other people don't know what happened. Okay, because here's the thing. If the other golds knew what happened and that the arch governor had tried to rig it to for his son to win, that's a sinking ship, my friend. You do not sign up no matter what they promise you. If they're promising you tuition-free graduate school, okay? Uh you don't sign up on that ship because they just got caught for tax evasion or whatever. Like you don't you don't sign up for that no matter what they promise you, okay? But I had forgotten about the fact that I think Darrow has edited it to make it look like it was like all legit, to make it look like it was all copacetic. And if that's the case, that was a very good move on Darrow's part. Right. Hopefully you kept some, hopefully you kept a backup file. You got to have kept for, the backup. For blackmail purposes later on. Very important. Or at least like just keep Fitchner alive. That would probably work. Yeah. I mean, depending on, I don't know who's going to necessarily believe Fitchner. But. That's, okay, that's a good point. Um, uh, yeah, I was really worried near the end of this book, though, because, so Cassius, I think, is a little, is acting a little unreasonable at the end. Like, dude, you already got to stab him and leave him for dead. Now, you're right. not, you're not satisfied with that as your vengeance? Come on. But he's got a blood feud with the balonas or the belladonas or whatever they're called so he's for sure not getting an internship with them his arch nemesis is jackal who is the son of the other most successful person that he knows of he's not gonna get a great internship these are not good this is not a good setup for his future to be like to have no friends among the most powerful people ever right so i was right. a little worried until we find out that the arch governor is as crazy as his son is and then i was like okay it's gonna be fine i will say i could see i could see jackal very easily putting away his rivalry you know what i mean oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely so i'm not actually worried about that no no i'm not either but i was just concerned in the game when the game mm -hmm. was happening and Darrow was like, cut off your own hand, you garbage stink man. <laughs> and Jack was like, really? He's like, he's like doing a, like a look at directly at the camera kind of move where he's like, 
you you seeing this? <laughs> uh, and so like I was, I was just worried how Dara was treating Jack, like he was gonna end up with no powerful friends, and Dancer was gonna uh-huh. be like, "What the fuck, dude?" <laughs> right. I guess it turned out well, though. No, okay, okay. Let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk about this conversation that he has with the arch governor, mm-hmm. where it's basically him saying that. Or oh, okay, so the arch governor is like trying to get him to make sure that no one hears about the cheating. Yeah, and he says that he's concerned about his lieutenants telling people, and Dara's like, "Don't worry, they won't, because they're loyal to me." And the arch governor's like, "Dude, the game doesn't freaking matter." After this, which leads me and and Darrow is saying that I know you for you, it didn't. But for us, it's different now, which leads me to think that this year is different from past years. Right. I mean, Darrow's saying that Darrow doesn't know Darrow was a red a year ago. Yeah, but he says it with so much confidence, Dan. (laughs) This is the thing about Darrow. Darrow says everything with so much confidence. He knows almost nothing (laughs) he knows people okay no luke he thinks he knows people this luke this is actually i've got a couple theories that i want to end with okay i'm gonna start Mm. with i'm gonna start with my theory about aries okay i think dancer is aries ah not a big surprise but i think he's getting funded by the golds the high high ups and the golds are funding Dancer. Actually, ooh, actually, I'm gonna tie these theories together. These are this these are two theories that have just become one. Okay. I think the golds are funding Dancer, and that's where he gets all this like these resources, and that's why nobody's stopping him from doing this stuff. Because the ones at the very top are like, hey, find us a red that is basically a gold. And I think. There's one of those for every single color. Because, okay, come on. The, sure, all it takes is a little bit of bone modification and some steroids, and you're a gold? If I'm a, if I'm a, let's say I'm a brown, and I'm like, man, the browns are treated like shit. We need a revolution. Who do we take down? The golds. All right, so I find the smartest brown I can, turn him into a gold and send him to the Institute. Right. So I'm thinking the Institute, I think the Institute is mostly not golds. <laughs> I think, okay. I think the Institute is, is mostly other colors that are like, we got to get to the top. <laughs> and so it's got, you've got Pax, who is definitely a black that they were like, we got to stop the golds from running all this shit. We're going to send Pax in. And they don't really do a whole lot of body modification to him because they're like, eh, whatever. He's fine. He'll fit in. Um, and you've got you've got Roke, who's like a violet, right? He's a poet. And and so I think you've just got all these colors sending people to the Institute. And the golds at the top are doing it. And they're doing it for two reasons. The first reason is everybody just kills themselves, like kills each other in the institute so it's a great way to reduce the numbers of these people who are trying to murder them the second reason is because i think what the golds are hoping is that these people who have been turned into golds start believing that they're 
better than everyone else. They start believing that they're golds because we already see Darrow doing it. Darrow's has the like biggest superiority complex of literally anybody in this fucking book where he's like, oh, these people don't think I'll do this, but I will. It's like, Darrow, you think you're better than literally everybody else. (laughs) Stop. And I think the high golds are counting on that. They're counting on every one of these weird other colors coming in being like, I am better than everyone else. And they're going to get to the top and be like, welcome to gold. We know you're all other colors. You're gold now. Come on. Come on, everybody. Get in <laughs> so, here. Group hug. Group hug, everybody. We, Come on. Are we, are we saying that our theory is that all of the peerless scarred, let's, let's say all of the peerless scarred started out as something other than gold. I, I'm not going to say all. I'm going to okay. say a majority. Like most of the people in there think they're part of a secret mission to overthrow the golds for the benefit of their color. And the golds all like the high up golds know this. I'm going to say it's limited. The high up golds, it's limited to like the top five golds know this for sure. And they're like, all right, we got to keep funding these other colors to send us their best and brightest. And then we'll just turn them into golds, baby. (laughs) Yeah. So when you were when you were going with this, I thought you were going to go the route of it's like a really elaborate reality show for for the for the high level golds uh wouldn't that just be at the end of this like trilogy or whatever it is wouldn't that just be a kicker if everything to like at the very end forget everything i said forget everything i said (laughs) this is for sure it's like (laughs) this is survivor they've invent they've reinvented survivor and they've taken they're like which color is best so when the golds are watching it it's like which color is best and every time somebody's on screen like talking about something it like shows what color they are and they're like will it be the red darrow who's victorious will it be the black pax who's victorious and so like all these kids think they're sacrificing their lives for this greater cause and all these other golds are just like laughing at them that would be that would just be a heartbreaking end to this story. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's tough to hear. Darrow being like Ao's song for freedom, and I I sing it every night. Oh, oh oh yes yes. And the person who keeps giving him those important things, you know how there's definitely somebody who knows Darrow's red and is help helping him out by giving him the ring and the pedal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That is like viewers. You can like call, like you can vote for who gets like a thing. And so they're like, oh, Darrow's got a great story. Let's send him that chrysanthemum thing. Let's send him that flower. This will really keep him going. And it's like an American Idol, like you vote for the person that you want to send something to. That's for sure it. We're getting a little Hunger Gamesy right now. Gotta be it, man. Uh, yeah. Okay, so those are, that's, it was going to be two theories initially. But now I think it's one. It's just all one together. Because initially yeah. it was just like, there's got to be other colors doing this same thing, right? The pinks can't love what they're doing. Yeah, I I would think that not just red. Like, obviously the red is at the bottom, so they're the most likely to be wanting an uprising. But the other colors have to as well. Yeah, yeah. And they have way more other colors, I assume, way, have way more resources than the reds. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be way easier for them to do it. So. Yeah. Keep, okay. keep a there lookout for that theory, everybody. Keep a lookout. All right, let's do let's do reviews on the book. Yeah, I don't know if there are going to be a lot of surprises here. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, I'll go first. Big fans of the book. Yeah. I don't have. I don't have like a good thing to say about why. Just. I okay. I think this is of the books that we've done. I think this is number one for me. Whoa, Luke! This is definitely in my top five. It's nudging in your top five, <laughs> just like a lot of other books. Ooh, what's this nudging out? Uh, oh, okay, I'll say this. I'll say this. And what I mean by the best is, I think it's the it was the most fun to read, and I think by a pretty good margin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this. This is for sure the book that we have read that I have most hated to put down. Like, this is the book we've read that I I have been the most upset that we stop and do this podcast because I just wanted to finish this freaking book. Um, yeah, I loved it. I loved it too. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a little bit more about it, like why I loved it. Okay, yeah, go for it. Um. The I think the main reason why I was so hooked on this was because of how Pierce put the plot together to be, I mean, at the very beginning, you're introduced to the idea of like flipping something kind of on its head and solving it in a weird way. And it was just like every time we got comfortable with the story and kind of felt like we knew where it was going to go, it just like did a complete 180 degree turn. And like the biggest moment of that for me was when even even at the end, I was still kind of doing this where I was like, okay, so now Darrow's going to fight Jackal. Like he's got his army now. He's his enemy is Jackal. He's going to, you know, sure, he's got to deal with the Proctors, but he's going to defeat Jackal in a battle. And that's going to be the end of it. And then he's like, fuck Jackal. I don't care. I'm going to Olympus. And it's like, Darrow, you madman. (laughs) <laughs> you absolute mad lad, Darrow. And it was like moments like that happen so often in this book. Like when you find out that the Institute is just like a fucking war that they put these kids in. <laughs> and it's just like this book is constantly hitting you with crazy paradigm shifts that like right as you get comfortable and starting to predict what's going to happen, it just completely upends the table. And is like, no, 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 none of that shit's happening. Here's what's going to happen. And you're like, yes, this is fantastic. Uh, and none of it feels cheap. Like, it all feels like something that should, like, would fit in the world and make sense. And it just, like, comes together so beautifully. Uh, and even though Darrow is, like, sort of the trope of a genius who's a little insufferable because he thinks he's better than everyone else, uh, I don't think he, like, I think he's pretty likable. Uh because I think he has a good reason to be pissed at literally everyone else in this society, right? Like when you get Quoth, Quoth thinks he's better than like pretty much everybody else, but he doesn't have like a good reason to hate everyone else. But like Darrow has a great reason to hate all these people. I, yeah, I was, I would say, I, I see what you mean by Darrow being like he thinks that he's better than everyone else a little bit, but I have had no qualms with that right it's kind of nice because he's kind of like bucking the trend right he's like the underdog because everyone expects him to be just like useless garbage boy because he's a red and he's like so when he's like kind of talking about how everyone else is dumb and he's not you're kind of like yeah 
Everyone else <laughs> is dumb for thinking you're a useless garbage boy, Darrow. And I love it. Yeah, so we, we kind of love how, how he's an insufferable genius because it, it really works with him and like where he is. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we love this book, Luke. We love it. The, okay, the real question is, that we need to have a discussion about is if we're, if, if I'm allowed to go ahead and read the second book or if we're doing it on the pod. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to have a discussion about it. We'll have to talk about that. Luke and I are going to have a discussion about this. I'm right now leaning for doing it on the pod. We're going to have to do it soon, but we're going to have to do it very soon. However, Luke, we should mention uh, what we're going to, what we're going to read next because you know, if, if we had a hard time putting down this book, well, we're going to have an even harder time putting down the first book in the Cradle series, Luke, by Will White. That's right. I think so. We're reading Unsold, I believe is the first one. Unsold by Will White. We're thinking of doing a little marathon here of Cradle, doing a lot of, a lot of the Cradle books in a row. And we're actually going to read the entirety of unsold for next week right now so don't just read a third of it don't just read half of it read all of unsold by will white for next week uh, it sounds like a lot i get it uh luke and i have read this entire series before and the reason why we're doing one book per episode is because you you will read a book in like two hours and you'll be like Oh, I need to read the next one now because this book is incredibly uh like like you you will not want to put this book down. It is I've often I've often seen this series described as like crack for fantasy readers. So Yes. That's that's why we're going this route. Yeah. So we're gonna do one one book per episode. Um and we're gonna try and I think we're gonna try and just blast through it. So maybe once we blast through this, we'll come back to Red Rising. I don't know. Um, but yeah uh we're also going to be doing uh, a good amount of kind of like listener questions with uh the cradle series so um if you you know you're reading the book and you have something you want us to talk about maybe you don't have twitter uh first of all get a twitter so you can use some of our great hashtags uh (laughs) but maybe you don't have twitter uh send us an email you know dcbc at don't call it a book club that'll get to us oh don't call it a book club.com that'll get to us uh send us your thoughts if you've got theories send us your theories we will address them on air yep that's a guarantee that's what we're that's what we're doing for this next series so get at us um but i mean regardless of whether or not you send us an email we'll still be here we'll still be coming up with hot takes And we'll still be acting like dumb nerds. 